uh, the x-rays are showing a lot of liquids around your lungs. Um, just go see this doc and then it should be good. I go to the doc. Mind you, I'm paying an arm and a leg and medical fees. I go to this doc. He goes, oh, no, you have a little bit of liquids in your lungs. I can take that out. So I go, bro, I go to some room. They check me again, blood pressure, everything, bloods, all those things. Then they eventually say, now nah, we can just drain the liquid. So they stick like a needle in like my back. And then they drain liquids. I think they drain like two liters, bro, or two to two to three liters of liquids that were around me. So she's like, damn, nigga, you've got a lot of liquids inside of you. Then I'm like, mama, what you mean? Like, I don't know what that means. Because now, nah, don't worry. It's coming out. Mind you, I am sober, no anesthetic. I am just there sitting on a chair and I am being drained. <laughs> I felt like I was being like prepared for a sacrifice, bro. Cool. Liquids come out. Now they're like, oh, I'm not. we found the problem. Everything is good. Go back to school. School is trapping me. Relationship still going healthy and good. You know, shout out to, shout out to my, you know what I'm talking about? Everything is good. She's there every single step of the way with me. My mom goes, now nah, we found the cure, don't worry. Now, a lot of people in my family were thinking that I was coming up with excuses because it was exam season soon. So they're thinking, hmm, let this boy fail again. Is he trying to like avoid his exams and stuff? Then I'm just like, guys, I'm passing. I'm actually passing. I'm just not feeling grand. And they're just they're like, bro, we've seen this before. And this is because, ah, guys, it's my fault. Back in the day, back in high school days, primary school days, I think we all did. I used to fake being sick all the time to try and miss out on going to school. I used to get a warm cloth and put it on my forehead. My mom would come check me. She'd be like, oh, hey, my feet, so you want to check, check my neck, make sure that the cloth touched my neck too. And she'd be like, damn, boy, you're hot. You get me? So now it all caught up to me because no one believed me that I was genuinely sick. So now after, you know, this time it was like about a month. It's almost exam season. I've got like two, three weeks until my exams. I feel sick again with the exact same symptoms. So now I go back to the same doctor. I'm like, doc, I hate to be here. I'm missing classes, but I can't sleep at night. The cold, what can cold rushes, whatever, cold sweats are getting worse. I genuinely cannot breathe to save my life. And everything is painful. I get dizzy within walking 15 seconds i stand up and i have to sit down immediately i think i'm dying doc she goes no 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 no. let's do some more tests do the x-rays the liquids are back so she's like you know what you need a, a an expert expert a, a someone that who knows these things to a certain extent i think they're called specialists <laughs> so i go to another specialist and this guy's a specialist he specializes in specializing specialists on twitter so he's the he's a real deal he says me down he goes boy i'm like yes sir he goes I'm going to be 100% with you. I've seen your file. There's two cases. Either one, you have cancer, or two, you have TB. And if you have TB, you have to do a six-month treatment. But it's looking like cancer. I said, boy. <laughs> I said, dog, it's looking like what? He goes, it's looking like cancer. But I just want to tell you everything that's potentially happened. But this is what's happening. So we need to schedule a um, biopsy so they have to basically cut me open and check what's happening and then obviously st study and analyze all those all those things so now i get into my car mind you back in the day my dad gave me like a really lit car so i'm there it's cruising <laughs> bm boys <laughs> so now i'm driving then i'm like i'm like hey i'm sick yo then i'm like yo what happens if i have cancer i'm like yo my girlfriend yo my brother my mom what happens if i die now, I I'll never forget this day. I'm driving. I'm close to the University of Pretoria. I think it's called the Engineering Building. Get to the Engineering Building, bro. I park on the side. I start bawling my eyes out. I am crying. 
I am crying and crying and crying. I'm like, yo, my life is over. Mind you, I believe in like never react until you have the final verdict. But in this instance, bro, I've been sick for months. We've drained liquids. We've done x-rays. I'm told I've got cancer or TB. Not, it's just flu. <laughs> On Twitter, they're not saying you have flu. They say, my boy, you might be outro. You might, you might be saying RIP. So you know what I did? I cried, I cried, I cried. I got back into my car. I just take a, take a step. I drove to my apartment. Bro, I wrote a will. <laughs> Bro, that day I wrote a will. I said, I have in my account right now 3,300. In my investments, I have about 8,000. I have a Canon M50 and I have a YouTube channel. I have this and that and I have a car and I have these clothes. So I want my clothes to go to this charity. I want my brother to get my YouTube channel. I want my money to go to my mom and my dad. It's not much money, but maybe they can use it for my funeral. I'm writing, I'm writing goodbye letters. I'm saying to my sister, you must succeed in life. Excel for me, push for me. My brother, I'm like, you know, like uh, 13 reasons why before they kill themselves? Trigger warning, sorry. Uh, 13 reasons why I didn't know the show about suicide. I'm writing letters, taking videos for people around me to be like, yo, guys, I am outro. I have cancer. And I'm really going to miss each and every single one of you guys. I'm preparing for the worst. Now is the time for me to go and do this biopsy. I am scared out of my mind. I think my ex went at the time, she, my girlfriend at the time came with me. And she dropped me off. She's there every step of the way with me. My brother's there every single step of the way with me. And... Now it's time for them to leave because obviously I have to go do this operation. They say, Tato, we won't lie to you. This operation is going to be one of the most painful things you've ever gone through. You will be under anesthetic. You will be passed out. But it is going to be extremely painful afterwards. And it's not going to be a pleasant uh, pleasant uh, experience. Cool. I'm like, nah, I can deal with a little bit of pain. Just tell me what stage of cancer I have so I know how many days I have left to live, bro. Um... <laughs> It's so funny. So now I get into the bed. She's, the hand's talking me through. It's going to be painful. Relax. Now they're pushing me. They go, the IC, the operations room is very cold, um, but you're going to be okay. So now she pushes me to the room. Cool. I wait like 15 minutes. Eventually, the doctor comes like, hey, Tata, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good. I mean, this guy's in a good mood. If he's in a good mood, I won't die. Like, he's going to take care of me. He's confident. Like, yeah, this operation always goes smoothly. It's just a simple biopsy. Obviously, you never know about the complications that can happen in a surgery room. But, you know, you're with professionals and we got you. I'm there like, this guy just told me that I might die. <laughs> That's all I heard. I heard, we got this, but you might die because we might not got this. But we got this. So I'm just thinking about the worst. I am having a panic attack and they can see this like Tato we need you to relax before we start anything you're healthy we've checked you everything but we need to make sure that you're relaxed so now they put this thing over my onto my into my into my nose and I think they give me some injections they go um, you're gonna count from 10 backwards or from 30 backwards um, I think it was 20 from 20 backwards so I'm there 20 19 like, can you feel anything I'm like no I'm like 18 17 16 do you feel anything I'm like doc I don't feel shit 10 9 how about now? I'm like, dog, I'm like, why is there two of you? It's like, yo, what's... I have no memory of being under. I have... You know people say, usually they go under operation, they sleep, they have the dream, or they meet God. I didn't meet God. I didn't have no dreams. <laughs> I was just chilling unconscious. I wake up. I want to wake up. I'm in a different room. I'm in ICU. And the doctor's there. And she goes, hi, Tato. I'm like, hi, oh, dude, as I speak, pain is hitting my side like it's never hit my side before. I am in so much pain. I have tears in my eyes. I'm like, what is happening? They go, no, Tato, before the thing, 
what they tell you to do. I'm like, oh, before my operation, they said if I feel pain, I must press this button, then it's going to shoot in like um, pain relievers, painkillers to kill my pain. I'm pressing this thing, nothing, bro. I grab the I grab the nurse by the shoulder. I'm like, help me get out of this pain before I die. So she's there like, you're overreacting. I'm like, I'm not. So now everyone's seeing, okay, no, this guy is genuinely having a panic attack. He's in a lot of pain and he's not okay. So what do they do? They literally say, okay, cool. Nurse Mang Mang, Nurse Mang Mang, come. Bro, they close my curtains. They put me on my side. They, like, give me some something to, like, injections. Then she goes, Tato, t- um, I need you to take a deep breath in and then relax. I take a deep breath. She goes, relax. As I relax, bro, she literally pushes a pull up my booty, bro. I felt so violated. Imagine you are a grown-ass man and I see you crying for pain. You, ex- you mean you just did an operation, sure. You don't know what's happening and you're just crying in pain and they pop a pull up your ass. Obviously, after that, I've just been embarrassed. I've just, this hand has been within my booty cheeks. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? But I feel so much better within minutes. So now I'm finally relieved. I'm like, okay, cool. Mind you, nobody has told me what I have. I'm thinking, no, this is still gonna take maybe 12 hours to process everything. I don't know how long I've been sleeping for. I don't have my cell phone, no family members. I'm like, can I please get my mom or my dad in here? Like, I really need to speak to them. She was, okay, cool, first take these six pulls. So I'm there like, yo, what are these pulls for? I'm tired of taking pulls. I'm tired of drawing blood. I'm tired of being here. I'm tired of being sick. I have exams soon. Mind you, the doctor said, uh, like, Tato, after your ICU, after your operation, you can still study. So I took no sick tests. I took nothing. I was studying literally five hours within this incident happening in ICU. My parents come. They're like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. I'm just in so much pain, but it's getting better. I'm getting used to the pain. By the way, like, there are so many tubes in me. There's, like, two tubes in me. One is just draining liquids, and the other one is, like, I don't know, I can't remember. Oh, the other one, although this one is draining liquids. The other one is just, like, a bandage and stitching over my um, open lung surgery. So now I'm there, like, Papa, yo, I'm so scared. I don't know what they're going to tell me. Like, the doctor said I might have cancer. I don't know what's going on. He goes, oh, we know what's wrong with you. So now I freeze because he said, we know what's wrong with you. I freeze, I start crying. I'm like, I, I, I have cancer, don't die. He's like, what? Cancer? I'm like, I have cancer. I'm like, yo, I'm like, in my room, in my drawer. He's like, dude, I'm like, in my room, in my drawer, I've got this. He's like, dude, relax. You have TB. Then I'm there like, bro, and I want you guys to understand. The doctor said, if I have TB, I have to take medication for six months. But TB is curable and treatable. So I hear you have TB. I basically heard God has put his hand over your palm, over your forehead and blessed you and you don't have cancer. So I said, I have TV. Like, yeah, you don't have cancer, you have TV. I'm like, TV? Bro, did I not scream, yes, woo! Now everyone is just there like, that's a weird response to hearing that you have TV. And I'm there like, bro, I was told I might have cancer or TB. So personally, right now, I am very happy to be having tuberculosis, bro. Put that TB in my veins. <laughs> so now after that, I'm in ICU for like two, three more days. Then I go to a, a, a normal doctor's room. Mind you, I am studying throughout for this entire, like, for my exams. I've got my notes there. I'm watching videos. I'm pushing through because I have to get a degree. Even my friends are coming to me like, bro, we're not even studying this much. I'm like, yo... I've always been told that I'm, me being sick is an excuse. This can't be an excuse. I can't add another year. I have to pass. Girlfriend's there the whole way. Lucas, Daddy, f- visiting me consistently. My brother's there holding my hand throughout everything, making sure I'm grand. Eventually, I get 
prescribed medication. I'm taking six pills a day for the first two months. It goes down to four pills, but I am taking pills every single day and I'm just getting sad about it, you know? Because, like, it's not, I have to take these pills. Eventually, like, it's like I'm healing, but eventually it gets boring. Like, yo, I'm sick. I have TB. And it put me in quite a depressive state for a couple of weeks, but eventually I bounced back because of all the support that I had. And I actually did, do, I did do a sick test for the one paper because I went into it to write it, and then from there, um, my bandages started leaking, so I had to be rushed out. And I'll never forget this moment in time because I just saw the importance of just having really good family, having friends around you in your times of, of, of need. Which is why, like, with me now, whenever my friends need me, I always make sure that I'm there because you never really know what someone's going through. You never know where their minds at. I had written letters saying goodbye to so many of my friends and family. And throughout the whole process, they were there. I could hear their voices. I could, I could feel and, 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 and I was just embodied by their love. And it's just, it took me so far. Which is why I'm going to keep this one like, nice and short. I just want to say, guys, people around you, like, be very careful who you choose around you. I had the most amazing girlfriend at the time. I had the most amazing little brother. I had the most amazing mother, amazing family members, amazing friends, studying Lucas. Everyone was just making sure that I'm going through this. My Tico too. Everyone was just there for me. And it's just so important and beautiful. I was going to say shout out for watching, to listening to this podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you guys do not know, we have launched channel memberships for my channel because we're trying to get funding for our YouTube day and looking from doing a whole bunch of shows. If you guys become channel members of my, if you guys become channel members, sorry, um, you get to choose the cast members for my shows. You get to choose the locations, the series we shoot in. You get exclusive content before it comes out. You get to see behind the scenes, how I shoot my productions and you get to meet my team whole bunch of lives. So yeah, man, thank you for listening to me and I really want to give you guys so much content this year. I'm trying to be as consistent as possible and a big shout out to all the streaming platforms which we have the podcast on. Big shout out to Spotify because they are holding us down. So big shout out to you guys. Catch us on Spotify and every other streaming podcast. It's you.